Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Give it to me! Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to It's a Thing. Thank the gods that this weekly appointment occurs, friends, because A, without it, we would have no reason to keep looking around this crazy world of ours and trying to identify things that might be a trend for no reason, except that then we get to join you and each other and just have a nice respite every week. Yeah. A lot of people think Molly was not on the show last week because she was taking a, a vacation. Uh, but I like to think she was just hunting uh, further afield for more it's things. True. It's absolutely true. It was as I was on assignment. Yeah. Molly Wood was on assignment. <laughs> the assignment was relax and drink a beer. Find a thing. Find <laughs> and a thing. look for a thing while you do that. Yes, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Um, I did. I, Yes. I did have this moment. I went to Lake Tahoe with my little pod, which includes my family. And we had, we like, you know, when you're on vacation, we did stuff every day. Like we went to the beach and we did a little Mm -hmm. like rafting trip and masks were involved at all times. It was like a whole wonderful, it was wonderful, slightly terrifying and awesome. But there was one day where my sister-in-law and I were just painting our nails, drinking sangria and listening to show tunes on the deck of this like Airbnb that we rented. And I was like, this is the first day that I feel like we're truly on vacation. Like there's nothing like, to time. I finally win. And I'm just painting my dang fingernails. That's awesome. I'm <sighs> kind of jealous now. Honestly. Yeah. I don't want to paint my fingernails, but I want to feel do, that though. feeling. You do. Maybe I do. Maybe I made I do. a, I made a like, cause of course there was too much food and there, I made a fruit salad with this fresh mint from my garden and it was so good. And I was like, what are we going to do with this fruit? It won't keep. And I was like, well, duh, make it sangria. <laughs> Dang, when life gives you fruit that won't keep, make sangria, as make the sangria. buttons always say. But, exactly. <laughs> and boom, you're on vacation. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I want to um, credit uh, our producer, Rich Straffolino, with alerting me to the existence of this thing. Uh, it is now taking over for Fortnite. We have a new, we have a new champion. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. Over half of U.S. kids are now playing Roblox and... It started allowing uh, players to host virtual parties just like Fortnite does. Mm-hmm. And they love it so much better. I can confirm that my seven-year-old niece has been up on Roblox for at least the last year. I think it was literally like the last Christmas and the last birthday. What does she want for her birthday? Robux. That's mm-hmm. it. Only this mm-hmm. one thing. Yep. She went for Halloween as her Roblox character. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is huge. I didn't know it was up to half of American children. That seems uh, quarantine-esque, but More wowzer. than half of U.S. kids and teens under the age of 16. Dang. Yeah. I just thought it was for the little ones. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang. Sticks with them have- while they grew up with it. Oh, and it's the new Chuck E. Cheese now that Chuck E. Cheese is in bankruptcy. 
They're adding its own, <laughs> Roblox is adding its own private space for them to host virtual private birthday yes, parties. Exactly. Which Fortnite has done and people have done that. I also even Minecraft. Know that. Yeah. For your, you know, 20 year olds. Uh, but yeah. Dude. Can, can you identify, I'm going to trot out a statement. Let's see how well it fits our experience. Uh, if they're talking about Warcraft, they're old. <laughs> if they're talking about Minecraft, they have a job. If they're talking about Fortnite, they're above 16. And if they're talking about Roblox, they're a kid. Actually, I'm going to say if they're talking about Fortnite, they're not cool anymore. And if they're talking about being above 16. uh, Touche. Sorry, kids. Touche. Well played, friend. Well played. (laughs) Although my son did literally get so bored with everything that he started playing Fortnite again the other day. And so I'm going to say there may be a little bit of proto thing happening. Like Fortnite might be coming back around. With that age group, right? With the Minecraft, age group that grew with up that with it, group, it's like, right. eh, but I feel comfortable with Fortnite. 13 and right? up. Yep, exactly. And so that same age is really into Minecraft still. And they're uh-huh. into like Skyblocks, which is oh, okay. like the Minecraft shoot 'em up kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's like more yeah. of a battle game. Like a side jag. Mm-hmm. But I would say, anyway, all that is to say, absent a few minor quibbles, which I could not help and i apologize yeah no no basically that's why, that's why you trot it out there to you know this is the accurate. peer review process in, in action <laughs> exactly but i'm gonna say basically accurate yeah yeah also um, i'm getting on and this league of legends probably fits in there somewhere too but but yeah roblox if you want to impress your seven-year-olds to 16-year-olds roblox wow wow those numbers are legit yeah yep. right yeah that's like it's one thing. thing to go like, oh, kids are playing Roblox. It's pretty popular. And it's another thing to be like ha- more than half. If you are a kid, either you or the kid next to you plays Roblox. Yeah. In April, Roblox told Bloomberg that two thirds of all U.S. kids between nine and 12 use Roblox. That's what? a sweet spot right there. Nine to 12. You're, you're playing or you're you're protesting. Right. The, the other third is like, <laughs> I just I don't want to be a joiner. <laughs> exactly or they're making angry they're making radical tiktoks i yeah, like it probably <laughs> can't wait to start planning my niece's birthday party in roblox because yes. that's amazing that's christmas genius. in roblox <sighs> i mean it's sad but it's true yeah um and that is actually the perfect segue to my first thing which is sad but true uh my friends all made fun of me for like lots of reasons, but for being such a weird little prepper. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. a couple months ago, I started packing my go bag. And I was like, everybody's got to have a go bag. Like we live in, I mean, I should have had one already. Fire we live country. in earthquake country. Like it's earthquake good. country. Yeah, yeah. You got to have everybody. And so I have one actually in the car. That's just like a earthquake kit. Those of you in hurricane and tornado country. Also yep. may also have go bags and fire seasons are getting more and more intense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it seems like lately go bags have become a thing. I have actually heard a lot more people talking about them and they sell, you know, the ready-made ones on Amazon. And now, and this is how I know that it's crossed over into thing thing, which is that basically as of this month, there's a startup for go bags. Of course there is. Yep. Now, I am all for people getting prepared for earthquake, tornado, hurricane, fire, whatever it is. Yep. That's good. You need to have your 72 hours. You need to have your go bag, all that stuff. 
But why now? It feels like people are doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. I don't know. Well, okay, to be fair, this company, Judy, launched last year. So they have been around for about a year. Okay, all right. Which is... Kind of right so in line. So probably fire season got that fire started season. going. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay. And and generally kind of like, I don't know, effects of extreme climate change. Like, it's, yep, you know, yep. it's it's coming. Um, but to only this week is the day that I, that I, or wait, no, this week is not a day. Only this week is when I actually saw ads for this company, Judy, on Instagram. Judy. And I was like, yep, good timing because we're headed into fire season. Yeah. There is a sense that society might be coming apart just a tiny bit at the seams. I probably said it too judgy when I said the wrong reason, but like people finally getting around to it either because they have time or because they're more nervous about the world than ever before. Yeah. And they're starting to think about things more seriously. It's it's all good. It's all a good thing to do this. Oh, 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 yeah. Like I would say it's not not the right. Reasons, no, it's absolutely actually. the right like, thing. And yeah, maybe it's also it's just more reasons, not wrong reasons. There is legitimate civil unrest happening yeah, to yeah. an increasing degree. Um, and then, yes, like extreme weather. There's kind of all these things like hopefully your go bag will be unused. And we should explain dusty. to those uninitiated what a go bag is. We actually probably should. Yes. So the, the idea of a go bag is just, you know, a backpack, some kind of bag. For some people, it's just a firebox, like a fireproof box mm-hmm. where they keep all their documents and important things. And it should be easily accessible. And it's the kind of thing a friend described it to me actually as like, it's a thing that you would be able to take if you thought you were going to have to like survive in the woods for three days or just walk onto an airplane. It should have everything you need. So it should have some changes of clothes, some basic first aid, maybe like a pen, a pocket knife. And or you can include you can include like three days worth of food and water. You can sort of go as extreme or not extreme as you want. Maybe some gloves, maybe a N95 mask, some basic snacks, some dog food, you know. The idea is that it's something you can grab and go. Grab and go. In an emergency. Hence the name, right? Yeah, exactly. And it would have all the things you need for around 72 hours. Yep. So I have a go bag for me and my son in the closet. And then right sort of in between them is the little plastic box that has all the important documents, Uh, passports and like birth certificate and things like that. You know, I should do the document thing. I have not. Um, Because I think I've always thought of the go bag as sort of like my chance at anonymity, like subconsciously. (laughs) I don't think that was like intentionally but i'm like why would i need documents i'm gonna be on the run uh, <laughs> it's a go bag yeah, like, like, you know, now that i'm thinking about it i'm like that's kind of dumb you well, probably yeah, should if have it's like thing. a fire you know you do actually <laughs> yeah, want to have right and yeah. when we had fire scares last year and i was putting together extra suitcases and stuff beyond the go bag i went and i got all my documents so i'm like why would that not also be in the go bag so that's 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 good stuff totally. that's, that's um but should we, could we, dare we get a little snooty about buying a pre-made kit? I mean, I mean, I did not. Those of us who have created our own I go did bags. Not. I ordered my ones. own like rope and gloves. And yep. <laughs> I, mine's a, yeah, mine's got uh, a big old tarp and yeah. water purification and ropes and all that I know. stuff. I have a life straw and I have an emergency blanket. Mine is much, it's, it's a little... Cup. It's kind of like 
I don't know. Mine's definitely a mix of sort of urban go bag and survival go bag. Some people go really survivalist mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I didn't go quite that far, but it does have like the water purification straw and things like that in it. So it's like, I it's, a, it's a midway. Don't have the 72 hours of food in the go bag itself. I don't know. I, I kind of separated it so that the go bag is easier to grab in this extreme emergency and has all the things I'd have to have. And right. then the 72 hours of food is right next to it. In case there's also time to grab it. My 72 hours of food are in the car, in the earthquake backpack that's in the car. And then I have a oh, whole bunch that's of... that's smart. Yeah. And then I have a bunch of... Um, Although it gets hot in the car. Snacks. Yeah. I definitely have snacks in my go bag, for yeah. sure. Like power bar type stuff. And then my son's go bag has the dog food in it. God, we are preppers. And then you have to... <laughs> yes, we totally are. Uh, you have to check it. I, every year on daylight saving time, whether it's ending or beginning, I check my go bag and pull out any expired medicines from the first aid kit and replace them, swap out the snacks, all that stuff. I know. See, I need to get that. Yeah, I have some friends who I have one friend who does it every year on Labor Day, which is super uh, yeah. smart. Whatever yeah. works. Like just there having it. I do a have time. the change of clothes in mine. And so I'm going to have to now I have to make sure that we check it every year at minimum just for my son's change of clothes because oh, right, cause he's getting bigger. He just yeah. keeps yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got all the dog food in his. It was a whole. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole. We, uh, I, mine is mine is an old CES bag. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was a, the one year at CES, they gave those orange ripstop bags. That were like actually durable. Yeah. So that's it. That's what that's I use. One. Wow. I totally yeah. like. I bought myself like a fancy one. <laughs> that's and I wrong love it. Like, there's a yeah. part of me that's like, God, I wish I have to use my go bag. It's really yeah. nice. When do I get to evacuate? I'm gonna have yeah. to take it backpacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should actually. When I when I did uh, training for search and rescue, they emphasized for that that you should take all of your equipment out and test it. Reg- you know, at least once a year. So you don't forget how to use it so you can make sure it's all still in good shape and all that. So it's not a bad idea to take your go bag packing just so you can make sure everything's still working and good. Okay, I'm totally going to. Yeah. And I'm excited because I love my backpack. I love my go bag backpack. Uh, uh, Here's something that now that we have scared the living daylights about (laughs) out of you uh, talking about having to evacuate from fires and hurricanes, uh, you might need a bedtime story. Yeah. For real. Sleep, Tell me sleep more. Casts, uh, sleep cast if they're podcasts, sleep stories if you don't, if bedtime story sounds too infantile, but Harry Styles is doing them. Stephen Fry is doing them. Of course, Morgan Freeman is doing them. Uh, they are huge right now. It's just people with pleasant voices talking calmly in a way that helps you drift off to sleep. If your anxiety is keeping you up, Hmm. uh, sometimes not even telling stories. Some of these are just descriptions of peaceful locations like, you know, mountain streams and stuff so that you don't get caught up in the story and want to stay awake. It's just something calm that you hear. I love this because I know a lot of people who use the sleep timer and, you know, just go to sleep to something or other. The idea that there's an actual peaceful thing, intentionally boring podcast, that is wonderful. Yeah. Well, because if, and some of the people who've worked on this, I, I was hearing The Economist do a story on this, uh, have said they had to change their approach when they created these because you usually want conflict in an engaging story. And in these, you don't, because that's going to jar people. You right. don't want to scare them. You don't want to make them tense like you would in a normal gripping story. You want to just keep them just interested enough 
that they're not staying awake because they're bored, but not too interesting so that they drift away. And a lot of it is like almost ASMR. It has to do with the person reading it. I love this. I'm looking at this now and seeing that there's Game of Drones, <laughs> which is sort of like part bedtime story and part high school class that you can't stay awake for. I love this. Boring books then, for bedtime. Oh, yeah. There's even ones that don't even have people like deep energy that just is ambient. That's like white noise, basically. Right. And, and a little bit of music. Dark ambient podcasts. I love it or because honestly, noise. people finding a way to go to sleep, <laughs> to turn off the brain and go to sleep. Yeah. It's harder. It's harder right now. It is. It really is. I used to sleep with just a fan and now I have a fan and a window air conditioner that I run just for the loud sound. Just for the the noise. Yeah. I, hey. You could be listening to Morgan Freeman describe a mountain stream. Instead. I'm into this. I'm really into this. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm getting kind of sleepy right now. Just Apparently kidding. the Harry Styles one is is the one that really elevated it into the mainstream. Like everybody talks about that one. Fascinating. What a good find. I love it. I love this show. <laughs> so great. If it um, helps you sleep better. If, if hey, our folks, show can help you sleep better. Like how have we not helped you? <laughs> we will also help you with your safety. So I have to, I will confess now that I have a personal interest in this because I am obsessed with the buff. The item, the the sort of like clothing and utility item called the buff, which you may have or otherwise known as a neck gator. You may sometimes be, incorrectly referred to as a balaclava. Right, totally. Although you can easily turn your buff into a balaclava, a balaclava. because it is mm-hmm. the world's most versatile piece of fabric. So you might be familiar from <laughs> with it from Survivor, because they would issue the contestants these buffs every year and they're like People wear them as dresses and skirts and or dresses and like t- tube tops and use them for. They're amazing. I'm super into them for backpacking. I was going to make a joke about using it as a tube top. People really did that. Duh. Of course. Oh, yeah, totally. I actually I was showing I have one that I. So anyway, it's great. You can use it as like a pillowcase. You wrap it around your sleeping bag bag that you have your clothes in when you're backpacking. It's like Definitely a need headband, one in your bag. a neckband, and it is a great face mask. In some ways, right? Because it's super. So I've been making these little like, do you remember chums? The like uh, mm. cool little pieces of fabric and you would insert the ends of your sunglasses into them and it would turn in oh, your yeah. sunglasses into a necklace. Right. So I've been like crocheting little pieces of yarn into sort of like makeshift chums for my masks. And then I just tie them around the masks and wear my necklace. they don't fall off. Yeah. They don't fall off, but you're not necessarily wearing it and mm-hmm. it's in the car and whatever. But then I realized when I was in Tahoe, actually, that the buff is the best for that because you're just wearing it around your neck and you just yoink it up over your nose. Super easy. And then I started thinking like, man, this is actually kind of the perfect mask design. Like it needs a little help. It needs some ear loops maybe and like a pocket for filters. And so then I started Um, duck ducking. uh And like the day that I looked three days earlier, this woman on YouTube had posted a tutorial, like how to make, how to make your own buff with an ear loop. So that when you pull it up, it doesn't fall down until today, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. I always heard them called gators or balaclavas when they're not really. Yeah. I, uh, I only knew they were called buffs because of survivor. That's the first time I heard that phrase, but they are a really thin material. So I have decided, so I actually ordered a bunch of like cotton spandex stretchy mix and I'm going to figure out how to make them with a pocket so you can put a filter in or at least double up the fabric so that they're a little bit Mm -hmm. thicker. 
mm-hmm. but they but then I realized I just started seeing them everywhere and I think it was even actually to be fair before I searched it I started seeing like kids wearing them and I'm like oh yeah this is it because I think we're all trying to figure out like what is the mask that is convenient hard to lose that is sort of put on and put offable because they're you know you don't need it every single minute when you're outside but then when you get close to someone you need to like easily be able to get to it and put it on and I've, I'm I'm coming around to the idea that these ones are perfect. I have been gator. using a gator when I run for months now. Yeah. It was one of the first masks I got huh. because uh-huh. I wanted something easy when I ran. Because when I'm running, if there's no one around, I'm pulling that thing off. Yeah, totally. But then Same. I could easily like pull it right back up. And it's probably, like you say, too thin to wear indoors and feel like you're not infecting people. Right. But outside, I felt like, well, even though it's thin, it's doing something, right? Absolutely, and, yeah. and if we're keeping our two meters distance anyway, then, you know, this is this is probably good. And I'm still, you know, compliant with L.A. County law about wearing a face covering. Uh, then I noticed when, ba- by the way, baseball's back. How about that? I know. Uh, watching baseball, tons of the coaches – because if you're not actually on the field, you have to wear a mask. Tons mm-hmm. of the coaches wearing the balaclava, the balaclavas. There I go. The gators, uh, the buffs. Interesting. Uh, down in the dugout. Yeah, I think that they're going to have to start. The Discord is all over this. Kent 13, uh, actually, and I did see this, that Buff USA, which actually makes buffs, the neck gators, started making masks. Um, and West Base, no, sorry. The DLR says neck gators are not allowed at Florida theme parks, probably because they are a little too thin. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like only a matter of time. I can tell you this is my weekend project. I or, Like I said, I ordered the fabric. I'm going to start. I'm going to sew in a pocket. I'm going to double up the fabric. Like I think that there is a way to because it's just so it's so handy. Yeah. We need a little innovation in the mass design. Just a little bit. It's going to be perfect. I'm stoked. I have f- six masks that are really fancy from Headley and Bennett. The people who make chef's clothing. Oh, really? Yeah, they're really good, too. They, like, don't fog up. They're, like, so well done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Multiple colors, beige, chambray. Uh, And then I have my my, uh, gator for running. Yeah. 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 Shara Marie says, like a small infinity scarf, which is exactly it. Yeah. All the masks I have, this is totally dorky, but it's just... Well, that's the other thing about the buff is it's just so easy to put on. You don't have to be like, okay, I got to put this around my nose and this. Like, you just pull that thing on and you're covered. Yep. It is yoink it on and then you just pull it on up. And then the loops seems to be the key because then it won't fall off. Yeah. Mine doesn't seem to fall off. Maybe I'm just being a buff purist. Maybe. I haven't thought about needing the loops, but not against them. Yeah. Well, watch my little YouTube link that I put yeah, in the rundown yeah, that will, will be on our I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked about this. I'll let you know how it turns out. But I think like if we can just slightly improve on the thickness of the material, make a filter pocket, and then maybe make the loop is optional too. Like you can use mm-hmm. it if you need it, but you can still wear it as a regular old buff without it. I'm feeling it. It's a thing. Then yeah. Uh and then we can all go outside in the buff. <laughs> I'm like sad. I didn't think of that. So it's so so good and unexpected, which makes it even better. <laughs> uh, speaking of good and unexpected, all of you folks keep sending us things. It's the best thing ever. Uh, keep them coming. Feedback at it's thing. Me. Matt wrote in on some Dungeons and Dragons alternatives, Molly. 
Oh, really? What? Matthew T. here again. I've been enjoying the repeated mentions of Dungeons & Dragons in your program, but wanted to call your attention to something that's been a growing trend in role-playing games for a while now. GM-less games. That is, role-playing games without one designated game master. Game master usually is the one controlling the story. In GM-less games, the players work together to create the world, characters, and story. This sounds like a recipe for chaos, but many of these games have been carefully and cleverly designed to balance out the individual's agency in the game with the group's consensus, so that anyone can steer things in unexpected directions, but at the same time, no one person can derail everything. So there are rules y'all have to follow, but if everybody's following the rules, you don't need a GM. There are a bunch of such games out there, but I'm going to shamelessly plug one by an old friend of mine who's been designing, testing, playing, and selling these sorts of games for years called Microscope, where your group creates the history of an imaginary world, and the end of the story is predetermined at the start of the game, but the fun is in figuring out the details of how you get there. Fascinating. You know, I have some friends who do a version of this. I think they basically collaborate and invent a game, a board game, and fill out all the characters and come up with a story. And I think don't have like a game dictator type thing. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. I think Matt, on, Matt's got more. It'll be in the show notes. If you want links and all that to the lame and even a, a couple other recommendations. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to scroll down in the Google doc. Let's see from Fordo. Oh, what a surprise. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Subject. I know this isn't BOL, but and then she says, and I'm assuming from the context that this is in relation to the photo of Mark Zuckerberg surfing uh, in mime face, a.k.a. a bunch of sunscreen. And she says, what in the name of Kabuki or the Joker or the Joker doing Kabuki is Zuckerberg doing here? What the actual kind of a look is he going for? Like some weirdo Salvador Dali thing? This is something David Rose Shits Creek would have had as an installation in his Manhattan art gallery titled 16th century smallpox fearing oligarch on an electric surfboard. Maybe <laughs> I can't unsee this. <laughs> Who can write? And then she says, unrelated, but more relevant, using right at the end of a sentence is totally a linguistic thing these last few years. Molly has been doing it for more than a decade, so I think she was an early adopter or leader on this one. I think it's actually moved beyond the thing status and is permanently embedded in American English now. The way that, isn't it, in the sen- at the end of sentences is firmly entrenched in British English. I know, right? I'm kind of embarrassed to discover that, in fact, I have been doing this for more than a decade because sort of simultaneously, yes, it's a linguistic thing, but also it's like a linguistic thing that I usually use to identify a person that I'm going to kind of make fun of or that's Ah, a little condescending. And now I'm like, oh, no, I have become what I have mocked. I have become destroyer of worlds. And I don't understand the, the, the Zuckerberg thing either. He wasn't in Hawaii, was he? I think he was. That at least that's what the Internet said. Hawaii? Or he well, owns yeah. something there and he went there. I'm sure he took his own plane to a place that he owns. Yes. He owns. Okay. I think that is. And then there was a picture of him that made it look like he had a ridiculous amount of sunscreen, which I'm going to guess probably meant he had a lot of sunscreen on, but it was an angle that just. I mean, I think look- he did. I, I, I'm going to say that I didn't dig that closely into it because I was more worried about the extra legal uh, paramilitary forces invading the cities that have been designated to be run by the political enemies of the president. But yes, he had a lot of sunscreen on. I think I'm just waiting for somebody to tell me like, that's a typical thing you do when diving. You know what I mean? Like, I'm waiting for it not to be that funny. I mean, it looked funny. 
Yeah. Like he had a big bubble butt and a, and a, yeah. like the sun, and the sunscreen was very makeup y. Like it was very sort of specific to his face only and whatever. Mm. I don't but know. I was just having fun. I was definitely like, yeah, I'm a little more worried about the undermining of democracy. I, mean, I don't use Facebook, but I'm not going to make fun of somebody just because they look weird. Literally, the, I mean, he's the palest person ever. Really, yeah. yeah. Almost, I mean, if I didn't live in LA, I'd be close. It, yeah yeah i just yeah it didn't i will say i, I didn't i didn't he looked funny yeah, he looked a little funny i'm yeah. not gonna lie it was a weird picture it's haunting it's haunting yeah. it's definitely like if you're a person who's afraid of clowns <laughs> like do not look it's an upsetting photo i'm not gonna lie don't look if you're afraid of clowns because it did have that vibe to it like just like uncanny valley if let's you were to have discovered the fact that he was an android and he had actually peeled off the outer layer, and that was what was underneath the sort of like oh, collagen injection. Right. Yeah. Damn it. Now I'm into it. No. Oh, Let's go from frosting on Mark Zuckerberg's face to frosting on something <laughs> we'd rather have around. Art from Patreon on cake says, hey, guys, I was just watching the latest John Oliver, and he makes a gag about a coronavirus graphic actually turning out to be cake, and my beer almost spewed out my nose. What do you know? You guys called it everything cake. Dude, I'm so relieved that I put the cake in last week because yeah. the cake thing has gone it's still there. doodle. All right. No, people are still talking about it. It's crazy. It has gone crazy you since were then. right on top of that. That was well done. Man. Yeah. If it's on also John Oliver, also like the cake thing, it's impressive. Just go to TikTok and look for like, it's cake. There was I mean, one that was yarn. If you and want there was even like Xi a piece Jinping of yarn. To know that you're looking at cake, do that. Sure. Well, yeah. Okay. Touche. Uh, and then Stuart wrote in and said he thinks that sweet and savory combos are a thing, which yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We've gotten For a sure. lot of Twitter buzz about the sweet and savory stuff. That's been fun to read. And also it's my favorite. So I'm with you. Fave combo. Let's get some shout outs based on quotes from the famed symbolic anthropologist Clifford Geertz, inspired by a commenting routing wonk left in discord. <laughs> obviously right all right here we go (laughs) symbolic anthropology just keep that in mind what sort of scientists are they whose main technique is sociability and whose main instrument is themselves what can we expect from them but mike akins what indeed what we call (laughs) andrew wyatt is really our own constructions of other people's constructions of what they and their compatriots are up to The language of everyday moralism is shot through on the female side of it with Esther Pena imagery. Ah, yes. But Louis St. Amour is an animal suspended in webs of significance he himself has spun. Right. Brad Brad Sparks is intrinsically incomplete. Mm. And worse than that, the more deeply it goes, the less complete it is. One of the most significant facts about humanity may finally be that we all begin with the natural equipment to live a thousand kinds of life, but end in the end having lived only Gabriel Cohen. You know, it may be in the cultural particularities of Jake Woods in his oddities, that some of the most instructive revelations of what it is to be generically human are to be found. Yeah, if you want to understand what science is, what a science is, you should look in the first instance not at its theories or its findings, and certainly not at what its apologists say about it. You should look at Eric Duncan. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think we all should. Mm -hmm. Piercing. What a piercing insight. 
Yes, thank you, producer Rich. Piercing set of insights. AKA Mr. Anthropology online. <laughs> For, as usual, making the shout-out section... I think arguably, and I, I, I'm i going to say we do good work here, but this is still oh, sure. the best part of the show. Yeah, <laughs> 100% support that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon at the shout out level. I hope you feel that it is worth it. We did get a nice note from Mr. Pena actually saying that she listens with her kids. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Thank you, Esther. <laughs> Which was absolutely delightful. Uh, Patreon.com slash it's a thing is where you can become a member of the show should you so desire. And believe me, in these troubled times, we will more than understand if you cannot we are so grateful for those of you who continue to support us it's oh amazing. so much yeah it's amazing and uh, and and if and whether you can or can't uh you can still be part of the show just keep emailing us your things feedback at it's a thing.me exactly we'll talk to you next time bye, bye guys This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.